Blog Talk Radio. Guess what? You have an opportunity to do so always on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Feel free to call in. You can agree. You can disagree. But as long as you call in, we love to hear from you. It's 516-418-5572. Again, it's 516-418-5572. Thank you so much again for joining us on tonight's show. And guess what? Tonight's show is sponsored as always, by our great sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Definitely check out Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. You can go ahead and check them out at flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. Or you have an option of visiting him right here in Tampa. You can go to his Brand new showcase at 301 South 22nd Street, right there in Tampa, Florida. Let him know the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show sent you. You can pick up a four-pack right there. I was able to go ahead and enjoy his pop-up restaurant. It was awesome. Got some fantastic barbecue. The event completely sold out. You missed out. But a great thing is, in February, I got an inside tip. He's going to do another showcase in February for Valentine's Day, and he's also thinking about doing one in January. So in the meantime, pick up your four-pack at flbbqsauce.com. You might have noticed our introduction song was done by the great Sam Scola right out of Maine, and his beautiful wife, Mary. I want to thank them for being great supporters of the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. They're both in Maine, and they just came back from Greece. 
So welcome back from that great trip. Two weeks in Greece, folks. That is a place I haven't visited and I wish to visit. So Sam's going to have to tell me all about the trip. I saw some of the pictures. Looks fantastic. Sam Scola did our introduction song. And guess what, folks? You're going to hear the Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce song sang by none other than Sam Scola right out of Maine. Definitely, let's go ahead and hear the Sam Scola song. Comes in four varieties, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, a natural flavor. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage. A classic taste for chicken steak chips. A hot heat wave on me. Cookout treat, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Right, that's Sam Scola, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. If you're interested in signing Sam Scola to a big-time contract, please reach out to me here, Alan Alfred, Sports Talk Show. We will put you in touch with Sam Scola and make things happen. We're going to go ahead and get this great show started off tonight with having our great caller call in. We'll go ahead and hear from him right now. Hey, how you doing, Lou? Hey, Alan, thanks. And uh, thanks for your introduction, Sam. Oh, okay. you're very welcome. How you been? All right. That's always great to hear from you. Thanks. Wish I was going to say the same for our baseball teams. We are just about out of luck. Yeah, unfortunately, oh, you're yeah. right about that. You are right about that. Mm-hmm. Baseball team is, if you're a, a Yankees fan, it's it's a wrap. It is. I've, I've said it a couple of weeks ago. I didn't think it was going to happen, mm-hmm. but it's a it's become official. You know, when you fall this far behind, what do you think about Aaron Boone still arguing balls and strikes to this point? He'll never learn, will he? That's what gets you in trouble in the first place. You can't argue a ball or a strike. You as a, you as a manager should know that. Did you do anything in managing school? I guess not. But as a common rule, and no matter who you are, they make the mistakes. Now, you can argue, you know, if, if it was a foul ball or not, or, you know, whether it's uh, fan interference or that, you know, that you can do. There's no question about that. But you can't argue a ball or a strike, even if the umpires are blind as bats. Well, most of them are anyway, but that's the story. You know, but he never learns. That's why he gets into trouble, and he's not going to last another season. He's done after he's done after the regular season is over. Yeah, I agree. And I, I totally agree with uh, you a thousand percent. 
Alan, it's not official yet because there's no E on the on the uh, Yankee um, list here. There's still there's still um, mathematically alive, somewhat. Yeah, I think it's a wrap. I mean, I I definitely appreciate you <laughs> yeah. having all that faith. Seventeen and a half games out of first place to me you don't deserve to make it to the playoffs i'm sorry if it wasn't the I'm yankees going. you just don't i and I, you could argue balls and strikes but come on now 17 and a half games out i'll give them some credit in this regard they're not gonna from if it holds they're not gonna be dead last in the AL East. actually they passed the red sox who are 20 games out still that's a disappointing season you're yes of course yeah, you're two games above 500. I'll give you credit on that. You know, it seemed like towards the end of the season, they did a little bit better to at least not make it look terrible, but it's still a very disappointing season. I agree with you. Okay, everybody gets shafted with balls and strikes. I, I saw some balls and strikes they they shown over the last week or so on Instagram, just some some horrid calls. And it wasn't just the Yankees. There were some really bad strike calls that were not even close. I mean, put it like this, yeah. Lou. I can understand why the I can understand why the batter is frustrated. Mm-hmm. Meaning it's not even close, and it, it gets frustrated as a batter because if you don't know what the guy's going to call a strike, you may have to extend the strike zone. And then yeah. you may not have to. You just don't know. You just don't know. You a ball that you think okay, it's it's pretty obvious to me that this is a ball. You you can get rung up on that. Yeah, but it's yeah. I, I think it's time to move on from Aaron Boone. That is my personal opinion. Yeah, it is. I, I think he's overstayed his welcome. I don't feel as if this, you know, the arguing it, at some point it has somewhat of an effect. But I feel like he's lost that effect now. It's just it's just comical to me now. Yeah, I mean, you know, enough is enough, and you know, he should have known better not to argue those balls and strikes. He just hasn't—he just hasn't learned. So that's his fault. Yeah, some some people unfortunately can't see the obvious right, right in front of them. Yeah, it's it's tough. But you know, it's it's been real tough. I'm curious to hear what you have to say about the Jets. I was not surprised by um. Monday, by the uh, loss this past week, you know, without uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, it was difficult. They went to Dallas, and Dallas just made them just made them look like a a peewee league. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, when when you're facing very very good teams and you lose Aaron Rodgers, it would have been tough for them to beat him with Aaron Rodgers when you don't have Aaron Rodgers back there facing a team is. Yeah. As solid as as the Cowboys. One thing about the Cowboys, they're you know you might not have 100% faith in Dak, but I have to say their defense is very very good. Their defense is solid, and yeah, you know if you come in there wishy washy, you're not going to beat the Cowboys. I'm sorry. I know not everybody wants to root for the Cowboys, but. I'm going to call it the way it is. If you are not coming in solid, you're not going to beat the Cowboys, especially this year's version. Although it was a really tough injury for Trayvon Diggs to be out in practice for the, pretty much, from what I understand, the season. 
Yeah. I mean, that that's a, that's a loss definitely for the Cowboys. I don't understand why they're practicing so hard now. The season's in, in full effect. Yeah. I, I really I don't understand why you would be practicing that hard now. Like that's the last thing you need is somebody getting injured. You know, do yeah. light light practice. That's it. Very light, non contact. You know, just I don't understand it. What are your thoughts on that? Well, because uh, I think they're up against tough competition, so they want to put you know every effort possible. Otherwise, it, it could be a lot worse. So, although I mean that makes make a lot of sense to some people, I get the reason why they're pricing extra hard because they want to beat the team since they were not favored when they're thinking they're going to get you know killed. So they had to put on extra effort. Yeah, I feel bad for the Cowboys to lose a guy as solid as him for the whole season yeah. on a in a practice. I mean, that's tough. I, I actually like seeing him out there because he can compete. He's fun to watch. But, yeah, I mean, that's tough. But I also yeah, did wanna, wanted to get your thoughts, too, on this. The Rays officially – I'm going to talk more about this a bit later in the show, but I did want to get your take on it. What are your thoughts about the Rays now officially signing for a new stadium so that, in St. Pete? Well, it does put an end to all the controversy of them moving out, so at least that'll shut them up, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all the time, like, well, we're going to have to move maybe like to Montreal, uh, maybe or Nova Scotia, or somewhere, you know, at Western area, because, you know, when it comes to attendance, it's, yeah, we're horrible, we know it, even though we've been to the playoffs, uh, top of the division five years in a row, but hey, we're not very well liked in this area, so, like, uh, we got we to gotta go find a place. At least it's, you know, solves a problem and will for at least the next quarter of a century. So good. Now you can get this off your back. And it's about time. Yeah, that's a great take on it. Yeah, that's a great take. Like that area. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, for those people who don't know, the stadium is, is due to begin being built in the end of 2024 and yeah. it will it will start the ballpark should be ready opening day 2028 Tropicana Field Ooh. leases up at the end of 2027 so at right. least that is a good sign that at least there won't be any like it'll be one lease ending new one starting with a brand new stadium but will it increase attendance for the Rays? Or are they just going to say the same, you know, the same team as good as they are, but nobody comes to see them? Yeah, that is a very good point. I'll give you my take on that a bit later. That is a great, great point on what I think is going to happen. But it should be interesting. So you're, you're for it then? Yeah, I'm for it. I know it's going to solve the problem, but I'm for it. <laughs> You're a wise man, Lou. You're right. <laughs> but, yeah, speaking of that, I know that you got something real cooking real good this weekend. What's going on with the Enhanced Sports Show? Well, assuming I was any power tomorrow, um, you know, I just might discuss it with the Rays' uh, new stadium uh, along with other baseball news as we now enter the last week of the season, uh, NFL and college football predictions. Um, I'll also take uh, thoughts on 
some of the uh, nominees to enter the Pro Pro Hall of Fame. Uh, no, I can't do all of them. Sorry, because there's too many to do. Um, WNBA, WNBA playoffs. And um, any um, UFC and WWE news that comes available. Of course, your thoughts and comments are always welcome. And our features, the Ridiculous Night of the Week, Sports Trivia, and the Feel Good Story of the Week. So if you got time between 4 and 6 tomorrow, that's Eastern Time, by the way, uh, 512-543-4662. I'll see you again, 512-543-4662. That's right. Make sure you guys support Lou at the Enhanced Sports Show tomorrow, Eastern Standard Time Zone. That is between 4 and 6 p.m. He's got a, a great show. Definitely between 4 and 6 p.m. You can check him out on the Enhanced Sports Show at YouTube. Just type in Enhanced Sports Show. You'll see the handsome Lou there. Or if you can't get online, call in at 512-543-4662. Again, it's 512-543-4662. Make sure you call in between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. I was able to reach it at the very end. I had definitely a crazy Saturday birthday party Mm -hmm. for my daughter, daughter's classmate. Appreciate you guys. But, yes. I got them right before it ended. But definitely you guys call in soon and get them. Seen 4 and 6 p.m., the Enhanced Sports Show, Lou. He is fantastic. Thanks. Wow, then I had 14 people last week. Wow. I didn't have a good week at all. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. So Diane yeah. called in last week, too. So she's she's fantastic, too. She sure is. Yeah, you're a lucky man. Thanks. I better get off before she decides to call. <laughs> All right. Well, she's always welcome. Tell us that hi. Yeah, I know, but yeah, I don't take one call at a time. So uh... that's true. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely okay. appreciate you, Lou. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. You're welcome, legend. Thank you. Appreciate you. Always awesome to hear from Lou. The Enhanced Sports Show. Really appreciate Lou. Really appreciate Diane. They're fantastic callers of the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. You guys are also always welcome, whether you agree or disagree, 516-418-5572, 516-418-5572. So, yes, we're going to go ahead and talk about last night's game, and that was against, for those who missed, the NFL game was between the San Francisco 49ers and the New York Giants, and in dominating fashion, the San Francisco 49ers did their thing just like I predicted and they beat the Giants. You know, it's one of those things where it's kind of like the Cowboys. If you face a team like San Francisco and you're not at a hundred percent, you're just not going to beat them. They have too many weapons defensively and offensively. They're a very smart team. Been there, done that. You know, they have a very smart coach. Shanahan is just a, Yeah, you know, what ended up happening was this. They were trying to – let me break down a few things for you guys. You know, of course, the Giants didn't have Saquon Barkley, but here you go. They they wanted to get, you know, Purdy back into form. You could tell they wanted to get him back. He's just came back from that injury. He's still not back into shape like he was yet. You know, understandably, they wanted to go ahead 
and get Debo Samuel involved in the beginning part of the game. They tried. They couldn't make connections. You know, Debo was there, but Rock Purdy did miss him a few times. Just timing was off. So they tried that, and then it became a little too obvious that they were trying to go to Debo. So what did they do? They started giving a ball to Christian McCaffrey and let him eat. And guess what? Christian McCaffrey was eating. Then after he started eating, guess what? When the defense started figuring out that Christian was going to get the ball, they went back to Debo Samuel. Now they made the connection, and Debo ate. And Debo did his thing. Props to Debo Samuel because he had a monster game, and he's on one of my teams in fantasy football. So props to Debo Samuel. But what I loved about Debo Samuels, not only was he playing hard and hard to bring down, is check this out, wide receivers are possible players that want to play the wide receiver position. The man did not complain. I respected that more than anything. He, they were trying to give him the ball. You could clearly tell that was the offensive mindset early in the game. Brock Purdy was rusty. He was not connecting. He didn't sulk. He didn't hold his head down. He took it in stride, and guess what? They shifted and gave Christian McCaffrey the ball, let him eat. They let the defense play to Christian McCaffrey, and then guess what? They closed the show, closed the game with giving the ball to Debo Samuel. The man did not complain. Football is a team game, folks. You cannot force feed the ball to a wide receiver 15 to 20 times in a game and expect that strategy to work game after game after game. It's not going to work. Wide receivers end up being selfish. I really respected Debo. He stayed positive, didn't sulk or anything, and he got to eat. And he actually ended up eating. He got more points than Chris McCaffrey who played fantasy football. But the point is, my man kept running his routes. And then guess what? He, he ended up uh, with bruised ribs. I got the report that he should be day-to-day Hopefully he'll be back. He is pretty sore. But the good news is it was a Thursday night game. He has until next weekend to get right. So that's team football. And that's the reason why the San Francisco 49ers do well. And they won. And a couple other things I wanted to talk about in the NFL is a touchback rule. The reason why this is important is because what ended up happening is Justin Jefferson fumble the ball, it went over the pylon in the end zone, and then it was a touchback, but not only was it a touchback, it was a chain of possession. So this rule came up a lot. You know, I hate to say this, but I agree with this rule because if you fumble the ball around the goal line and goes out of bounds, it's really benefiting the team offensively, you know, to kind of fumble the ball and then he kind of keep where the ball was at last. There's a penalty for for dropping a ball or fumbling a ball by the goal line. You give your opposition an opportunity, and I agree with the I agree with this rule call. You know, if you fumble it, it goes over the pylon. It's a touchback, and it's a chain of possession. That is one way to keep the other team as a benefit to force a fumble by the goal line. You know, you hate to be on the you know the other side of fumbling a ball by the goal line. But if it goes out of bounds and it's in, you know, it's 
cuts into over the pylon in fair play, it is a touchback. And that's what happened. So I agree with this rule. And the Bucks, they're starting off 2-0. Got to give the props to, to the Bucks. You know, 2-0 is, is a great start for the Bucks, especially being that, you know, they played Minnesota. And, you know, they're, they're doing their thing. And they have a tough matchup against the Eagles. I'll go over my predictions a bit in a, just a few moments. So, as predicted, the 49ers beat the Giants. So let me go over my predictions for this week in the NFL, and then we'll go ahead and talk some other news. So we have the Falcons against the Lions. You know, this is actually going to be a very good matchup. I I like this matchup because it's going to be competitive, but I do feel as if the Lions are going to pull out the game. So I got the Lions beating the Falcons. We have the Vikings against the Chargers. And I feel as if the Vikings need to win this game. I feel as if they need to win this game. However, I don't think they're going to win this game. I think the Chargers are going to win. Reason being, it's because they have Austin Eckler. They've shown the Vikings to be very susceptible to the run. They have Austin Eckler, who's very good. And also the Chargers do have some great receivers. They don't have a Justin Jefferson, but they do have very, very competent receivers. So I like the Chargers against the Vikings. Then we have the Packers against the Saints. Should be a very good matchup. I do think the Packers are going to win. I like the Packers in this game against the Saints. And then we have the Jaguars against the Texans. I feel as if this is the game that the Jaguars kind of get back in stride and do big things. So I have the Jaguars beating the Texans. We have the Dolphins against the Broncos. I'm going to pick the Dolphins. I still feel as if the pressure is really on Russell Wilson and the Dolph- and the Broncos. They've shown that, you know, that they just are not there yet, and they're playing a very good team with the Dolphins. I have the Dolphins winning. And then we have the Titans against the Browns. Should be an interesting game, but I do think the Titans are going to win. And then we have the Bills versus the Commanders. This is going to be a competitive game, too. Don't sleep on the Commanders, but I do think the Bills are going to pull this one out. We have the Ravens versus the Colts. And I have the Ravens winning this game. I have the Ravens winning particularly because the Colts starting quarterback will not be playing. So I have the Ravens winning. And we have the Jets against the Patriots. I do think the Patriots are going to beat the Jets. Even though the Jets are showing some promise, I do think Patriots will get a win here. We have the Panthers versus the Seahawks. I have the Seahawks winning this game as well. We have the Chiefs versus the Bears. I have the Chiefs winning. I do think that's going to be a higher scoring game, though. But I do have the Chiefs winning against the Bears. We have the Cowboys against the Cardinals. And I say the Cowboys are going to win this game against the Cardinals. 
And then we have the Steelers against the Raiders. These two teams, they really need to get things together. This one's going to be actually a tough pick. Really a pick them. Ah, that one's tough. I feel as if the Steelers are going to do what they need to do to win this game. So I have the Steelers winning, even though that's not saying much. Then we have the Rams versus the Bengals. I do feel as if this is the game that the Bengals start to get things back in order. They usually play the Rams pretty solid, pretty good. I think the Bengals are going to go ahead and get things back in order, and the, the Bengals are going to win. Then we have the Bucks versus the Eagles. <laughs> if it was for any other reason other than it was, wasn't my team, I would be picking the Eagles. But since the Bucks are my team, I am biasly going to pick the Bucks. As much as I love the Bucks, they are playing one of the potent top teams in the league, and that is the Eagles. No disrespect, but I am going to pick the Bucks to win. I am going to pick the Bucks to win against the Eagles. So those are my picks for this week. A lot going on in football. There's a lot of good things going on in football. We're going to shift gears and talk a little bit about NCAA. The Colorado Buffaloes improved to a 3-0 start. Unfortunately, if you haven't heard already, they did they did suffer. It wasn't without a loss, though. They won in a win column, but they lost a significant injury to wide receiver Travis Hunter. And was this a solid football play? No, it was not. It was a Bush League play. Let me repeat that, make it crystal clear. It was not a solid play. It was a Bush League. I know that Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, is saying the right things. I commend them on that. I am going to tell you on the Allen Alfred Sports Arc show my version of it. It was a Bush League play. The ball had already hit the ground. It was very late. And you went ahead and gave him a cheap shot. And this cheap shot ended up bruising his lungs. So Travis Hunter is going to be out for a few games. Travis Hunter has a good shot or had a shot of winning Heisman. I think that's pretty much forfeited at this point. So it was a Bush League play. It was real late. The ball already dropped. It was already concluding. He wasn't going to catch the ball. Now, having said that, this is what happens when you talk junk. You know, Travis Hunter is a little bit to blame on this. You might be like, hey, how does he get to blame when someone does a Bush League move? Well, when you talk a lot of junk, you get the other team riled up. Emotions aren't flowing. People see an opportunity to take go low. They'll go low on you. And that's what happened. Cheap shot, and he and you got hurt. It was not a football play, in my opinion, solid football play at all. It was it was late. I mean, it was clearly late. I mean, it was one thing to make a cheap shot on someone, and it's another thing to make it so obvious you're taking a cheap shot on someone. So I think it was a Bush League play. He's going to be missing a few games. Travis Hunter, I wish him a speedy recovery. But I do think that play did, did – warrant a suspension at least a game or two i don't believe i agree with dion on this part of it i don't believe it deserves death threats that is out of the question you should not give anybody any death threats as far as i'm concerned in sports whatsoever having said that did want to say i did notice a high increase of 
fan brawls in the stands. Hey, guys and girls, it's a game. Just chill out. It's a game, okay? Unfortunately, in most games, you're going to get a winner and a loser. Handle yourself with dignity and class because you don't want to be all over social media or, you know, with someone on a phone because you're acting foolish. Somebody who you don't want to see is going to see that, and it's going to be a problem for you. Stay classy, folks. Having said that, you know, the Colorado Buffaloes do have a tough game against Oregon. I do think they're 21-point underdog. I don't think they're going to get blown up that bad, but I don't think, unfortunately, they're going to win this game. And the reason why I don't think they're going to win this game is because Travis Hunter is not going to be playing. It's not just that it's one guy and it's a whole team, but if you're going to be playing against a team that you are a powerhouse, you need to have all your weapons available. That's just how it goes. Even one link that's missing, will you still will do very good, but I don't know if you're going to do good enough to beat Oregon with Travis Hunter not playing. Having said that, if, if Colorado does win this game, that is a major statement. It really is. I don't. I think it's gonna be a closer game, but I don't. I don't feel as if Colorado is gonna beat Oregon. We'll wait and see what happens. It's not hating again. It's just my opinion. Just because you're gonna be missing one of your top guys, we see this. What happened with the Chiefs? When you don't have that top receiver that you can kind of rely on, it does make a difference. And just that level of difference when you're playing against top tier competition makes a difference down the stretch. So I think Oregon is going to win in a close game. So a lot of lot more football news coming up. We're going to discuss the XFL and the USFL is in heated discussions about a huge merger. A huge merger. I'm going to this is going to take up a little bit of time. So I'm going to take a deep break, a little deep breath and break. When I come back, we're going to talk about this merger, this alleged merger between XFL and USFL. We'll talk about that. We're going to play a quick song here. This is another great Sam Scola song, the sports theme song by Sam Scola. We're going to take a little break playing the sports theme song by Sam Scola. If you want to join in, feel free to call in at 516-418-5572. Again, that's 516 516- 418-5572-5572, that is. Going to take a little quick break, playing a sports theme song by Sam Scola.
another great Sam Scola song. Sports theme by Sam Scola in Maine. And again, if you want to sign Sam Scola to a big contract, reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Search Show. We'll put you in contact with Sam Scola, and we will make that happen. Definitely deserves that big deal. Reach out to me. Really appreciate Sam Scola and Mary. Right out of Maine. And back from a great vacation in Greece. Two weeks in Greece. Place I've never been to, but love to go to. And Sam Scola, he went ahead and lived it. So welcome back, Sam Scola and Mary. And yes, folks, this is a lot to unpack. It has been reported by Axis News. And I checked multiple sources. Now, this is what it is, is that the XFL and the USFL are in heated discussions. Nothing is finalized. Nothing is done yet. But they are in advanced discussions on a huge major between merger, huge merger between the XFL and the USFL, two spring leagues to bring the two into one. Before I give you my personal thoughts and opinions from someone who covers the XFL and has done so throughout the last season and going to do so this season, if there is just, you know, if it is an XFL, allegedly this would start in the 2024 season. So if this merger does go through, things are going to look very different from me covering the XFL the entire season the entire season with the Danny Garcia, Dwayne Johnson ownership and also Redbird Capital, I should state that ownership. Things are going to look very different if this merger goes through. Let me go ahead and explain to you some of the differences and what are some of the proposals of what is allegedly going to happen. Now, XFL, their season starts about a about a week or two after the Super Bowl in February, and it goes from February and ends in May. I was at the championship game. I was at game one. I was, okay. What is allegedly going to change is the US, USFL starts in April. They're leaning towards an April start from April to June. So it's going to be instead of starting in February, it'll start in April. That's one of the changes, a couple of other changes, is they're going to merge into 10 to 12 teams. So that'll be a difference too. The teams that are in on the chopping block, so to speak, are the Vegas Vipers. And the Vegas Vipers, that's not really surprising. They struggle with attendance. Not only that, the Vegas Vipers do not have a field right now there they said they were not going to repeat in the stadium they were in that was said a couple of months ago so they're definitely not going to come back to the same field which i agree with too it did not look too good aesthetically on tv and it looked even worse playing on it the field they were playing in was not really up to par and that could be injury so that was really not surprising but the vegas vipers are on the chopper block what is also surprising is the Houston Roughnecks, unfortunately, are a team that's allegedly on the chopping block. And the reason why is because they're competing against the Houston Gambler. Now, the reason why the Houston Roughnecks might be the odd man out in Houston is due to the fact that 
The Gamblers have some history. The Roughnecks are also going to be a team that they're going to have to change their stadium. They're, that's been already established that, you know, before this merger talk came out, the Houston Roughnecks were going to have to move to a new stadium. Now, I do feel as if the Houston Roughnecks is a bit of a surprise because I feel as if even though they have the Houston Gamblers, the Houston Roughnecks is actually a team that I feel as if the fans have supported them really well. Now, it's not like the St. Louis Battlehawks, but all things being said, the Houston Roughnecks did draw pretty well. And on top of that, the team did really well, too. I know they have to change stadium, but there's a lot of positives from the Houston Roughnecks. I don't feel as if they deserve for their team to be lost, so it would be disappointing if this merger goes through and the Houston Roughnecks are dissolved. Now, the surprise is, is that the Orlando Guardians, is, even though they didn't draw really well for his attendance, they actually are a team that could potentially be safe. They are a team that could be safe for a couple of reasons. Danny Garcia lives in Orlando. She loves Orlando. And the Orlando Guardians are here in Orlando. Now, the Orlando Guardians didn't draw that great. However, a couple of things they did have. <laughs> I don't know why they did this, but just let me just tell you what the what it was. The Orlando Guardians had season ticket holders and fans seated in the visitor side of Camping World Stadium. Now, you might be like, okay, that's pretty bad not to be behind your home field team. That was bad right there. But on top of that, the visitor side is the heat side. There is absolutely no shade on that side. The where they should be on the home side is shaded. So that could make a difference. And allegedly the guardians are safe, which is surprising as much as I don't want the guardians to leave because I live in Tampa and that's the team I cover. You know, I was surprised just because of the attendance. The attendance was somewhere around where the Vegas Vipers were. If anything, maybe even a little less. So there is going to be, the bottom line, there's going to be a lot of changes if this merger goes through. Having said this, I'm going to now let you know my opinion on this. I'm not a big fan of this merger. I hate to say it. And the reason being because things that the XFL did great are going to get lost after one season. Danny Garcia said it. Best when I interviewed her, I interviewed her and I asked her, "What do you think about people who are skeptical about the XFL and their thoughts about being successful?" And she said, "You know, you can watch an interview, but basically, to make you know, cut it down is that the investment in XFL is a three to five year investment. You know, where you're gonna basically." not make profit for that time and then start to make a profit. And I agree with that thought process. It's a spring league. She even said that there's other spring leagues. She had a great answer, a fantastic answer, but it's like you're going from zero to hundred after one season. And, you know, before the merger talks, you were talking about expanding. I, I don't like kind of like expanding or merging and adding more, complication and more hands in a pot because of the fact that things get lost. When you add another team or another merger, what they don't tell you is every dollar now is going to get split with 
your co-constituent. So every dollar now is going to get split with the other party. Not only that, your expenses are going to go up because even if you cut it down to 10 or 12 teams, you got to have equipment for those extra teams. You got to have staff to cover those extra teams. You got to have locations for those extra teams. And the USFL on a hub basis, unlike the XFL, in my honest opinion, I feel as if the XFL product, no disrespect or no dissing to the USFL, I feel as if the XFL product is better and superior to the USFL. Not to say football is football, I understand that. I get it. And there's some players I've, I've interviewed that did play on the USFL. It's no diss. It's just that I feel as if the XFL product is better. I feel as if the technology is better. I feel as if the opportunity for you to go to the XFL to the NFL is better with the XFL. Having said that, I feel as if the XFL making this deal would be a detriment to them. It's like you're joining force with someone just to join forces, but the person you're joining with is actually getting a much better betterment than you are. And this is a gamble. This is a real gamble because the time frame. Also, one of the great things that the XFL kind of piggybacked off of was that it started right after the Super Bowl. Usually right after the Super Bowl, people feel a bit of a lull because now football season is pretty much over, and that's it. People who love football can now don't have to worry. They can switch gears and watch the XFL right after. Having a break and going to April, to me, is not that great of a situation, especially if you're going to think about keeping the Orlando Guardians. Not only is it going to get hotter in April to June, but those months, especially June, you run into the risk of April showers, a lot of rainouts, bad weather, and also you run into hurricane season conflicts with that. I don't, I just think there's going to be so many changes that I think the people that you do have in your pocket in the XFL are going to be unfortunately disingenuous, especially if you start removing teams like the Roughnecks. I don't think, you know, Vegas Vipers, much as I love them to stick around, I, I can understand the, the Vegas Vipers. That you can, you can explain. The, the Houston Roughnecks, that was a tougher sell. And, you know, I know that people, the gamblers have history. I just feel as if the Houston Roughnecks don't deserve to be, get the X. But I just feel as if there's going to be so many changes with this merger. And again, it's a risk because you have more expenses. And every dollar now is going to be split more ways. So instead of you getting a profit 26 or 2027, who knows when or if you're going to get a profit when you merge. I just think it's too much too soon. You're going into year two. I feel as if the philosophy she said at the beginning is changing radically. That's just my opinion. Talks of expansion, talks of taking on a merger. This was not in the plans. On top of that, one thing that I feel is if people make make a mistake is they start to think that they're the NFL as soon as they start. Unfortunately, the NFL has been around for almost 60 years now. Not only that, they have 32 teams, and each one of the 32 teams, a billionaire owner. Not to say that the XFL can't get there, but it is going to be a marathon, 
not a sprint. As you solidify these eight teams and start to get profit, then I feel at that point you can look to expand. You have a very, very solid product. It may not be, you know, selling at the ticket, you know, the box office going off the shelf in year one, but it's getting there. You have a very viable product. I feel as if this is a big gamble and a risk. And I like to say things that are positive. I like to stick on that. The only positive I can see is if you're open-minded, you're a fan, you will get one league instead of two. I just hope as far as players, they still get the spotlight they deserve to get promoted to the next level of the NFL. It is a, definitely a risk and a lot of questions. We will, I will have actually more insight on this. I'm going to the October 7th showcase here in Orlando with the Orlando Guardians. I will be covering that. I will try to get more intel. If the merger isn't signed by then, I will definitely do my best to get some more insight on it. But we will wait and see and go from there. It's, it's, this is actually a pretty big move for the XFL if this goes on. There's going to be some good things to it from a fan's standpoint, but there's going to be quite a bit of, of unfortunate negatives. So I'll keep you posted on this. Hope I'm wrong, and we will see. But I will keep you posted on this as well. Not only that, I am due to go ahead and be on the XFL Insider next month. If this deal does not come official by then, we will get more details on it. If this was just how serious these talks are and how far along are they, I'll get those insights. Having said that, we're going to switch gears and talk a little bit about the Tampa Bay Rays. That is not a rumor. That is a fact. The Tampa Bay Rays officially signed a deal bringing a brand new stadium to downtown St. Petersburg. Congratulations on the Tampa Bay Rays on signing this deal. It is a big deal to go ahead and sign a deal. Lou said it best. At least you know the Saint, you know the Tampa Bay Rays are not going to leave, pick up and leave. I didn't think they were going to leave anyway, but this confirms that they're going to stick around and stay with a brand new stadium. It's going to be in downtown St. Petersburg area, and it's going to be, as I mentioned earlier, just in case you missed it. It is set to begin in late 2024. The first phase of development in the ballpark should be ready opening day 2028. So 2028. It's a great day for the Rays fans, people who are actually Rays fans. It's it's a great thing for them. And they're not going to move. You know, at the end of the day, as much as you want more attendance, you also don't want to see your team leave. I will say that much. Having said that, though, I did some research, and 
unfortunately, I have to give you the bad with the good. And the thing about the Rays moving to downtown St. Petersburg is, unfortunately, it doesn't solve some of the issues they had by being in St. Petersburg. A lot of fans did not want the team in St. Petersburg because it is tough to get there. If you live in Tampa, Lakeland, Brandon, you have to go ahead and cross that bridge to go into St. Petersburg. Now it might be logistically even more difficult for you because you have to go downtown. At least where it's at now, there is, you have to go straight through to St. Petersburg and you have to drive through. But the good thing is, once you get to the Tropicana Field, there is a lot of room as far as four lanes. Logistically, you could get in and get out. Downtown, as, you, as any city, you know there's more issue with parking and things of that nature. And I don't think it's going to save much time on your commute. I do think it will be definitely a benefit for the first year as far as attendance. But unfortunately, I just don't feel as if it's going to help the Rays as far as attendance long term. It will help the first year because it's going to be a new thing. People are going to come out and want to see the stadium. That would be cool. But I looked at the stadium. The stadium is pretty much an updated, newer version of the TROP. It's going to hold around a little over 30,000 people, very similar to the TROP. If anything, maybe even less fans than the TROP. It's going to be enclosed, artificial turf. It's not going to be a retractable roof. And if you look at it, it looks like a little bit newer version of the TROP. That's, that's just the best way I can describe it. So I think it, it saves the race from leaving, but I don't think it solves a lot of answers. I think it one way that you can kind of parallel this to is the Florida Marlins. Florida Marlins, I, I went to their old stadium. The new stadium is beautiful. However, it hasn't really improved attendance. And I think it's going to be the same things with the Rays. I think it'll, it will be a fad, but I just think eventually after a year or two, the tennis is going to go back to where it is. They did a very good job of having those great promotions with the concerts and having those special giveaways. I think they need to keep that in the new stadium. You know, continue to do that. Do your very best to, to bring fans to the stadium. You're going to have to hustle this because, unfortunately, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, here in Florida, baseball, even if you have a great product, and you know, to the race credit, they have had a great product for the last 10 years, a winning team, two games out of first place and have solidified a playoff spot. I mean, that just says it all right there. You know, they're 15 and a half games ahead of the Yankees as I'm talking to you now. And having said that, you know, the thing about Florida is you're competing against other things. You're competing against the beach, nice weather, especially in St. Petersburg. You're competing against, you know, hockey. You're competing against the Bucks. You're competing against one of the big things, college football. You know, you have so many things that you could do here outside of going to a baseball game. And 
I don't know if a new stadium solves that issue. I personally think that the team would have been better if they did move to Ebor. It would have built more of the, it would have been more of a historical move. And I do feel as if in that area they would have drawn more fans. And so I am excited that they're not moving. I just don't think that this new stadium will solve a lot of issues. On top of that, I would have loved to have it to have a, a retractable roof and have you know, a retractable roof in a different location, I think, makes a big difference. Location, location, location. They basically are still going to be in St. Pete. So we will see. I will keep you posted. I am definitely still trying to get you insight into the Tampa Bay Rays. And I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I'm going to keep plugging away. Hey, attendance might improve with the Allen Alfred Show covering the Rays. So we will go ahead and keep plugging away. One thing about me is I'm going to give you an honest assessment on the way it is. If I am incorrect on anything, I will let you know. But congrats to the Rays on signing that deal. And we're going to switch gears to talk about golf. One of the things that did happen this week, if you did not see it, just check TMZ. <laughs> this gentleman, I watched the video a couple times. This gentleman went absolutely berserk and did a golf bush league move over a golf ball. Allegedly, he was being petty. He took one of the girls' golf ball. They was claiming it, he was claiming it was his. They said, no, it's ours. He made a big scene, took off his shirt, started flexing an older guy. And <laughs> the other cart said, hey, we're not going to fight you over golf ball. If you need a few dollars for a golf ball, my man turned ultra petty. And they took his shirt off. Now, the people in the cart complained. And now he is banned from not only that golf course that he went and had his, you know, male Karen thing incident. He is banned for their partner, basically golf course that the owners own too. So two for one. He got a BOGO. Buy one, get one free. He's now banned from two golf courses. <laughs> and this is what I got to say. This is one of the irritating things about golf. As much as I love golf, when I really started playing golf, I didn't really I didn't understand the rules or the etiquette. But one of the things that people allegedly said is number one, it's a gentleman game, and especially they're supposed to have this quote unquote classy decorum to it. That's what the and it's supposed to be some golf ethics. Okay, I respected all of that. I started playing the game, and then. I started learning the truth about it. It's kind of like this, folks. You know, when you start a new job, people start giving you all the good stuff that you want to hear, and then the reality comes into play. I got the reality, and I'll explain to you more about that a bit later. But we're going to take a great caller here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Hey, how you doing Hello? so far tonight? Hey, Diane, how you doing? Good, how are you, Alan? Doing great. Doing fantastic. Doing wonderful now that I'm here for you. How you been, Diane? Good. That's great to hear. 
always a pleasure. So, yeah, I did want to talk to you and, and get your thoughts on a couple of things. What do you think about Deion Sanders being 3-0 now? Oh, that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's always great that they're doing big things over there in Colorado. And also, your Bills, do you think uh, they're going to do their thing this weekend? Oh, definitely. They're going to do their thing this weekend. Yeah, they got a, you know, a pretty favorable matchup against the Commanders. I don't see why they shouldn't win that game. And still trying to get back at the form. Do you think this is the game that they get back to be the Bills that we know? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it should be a great game. And I predict the Bills to win too. And and it should be a great thing. The uh, Tampa Bay Rays got a new stadium. What do you think about the new stadium that they're going to build in St. Pete? Oh, good. <laughs> Oh, I yeah, think that'll be, be good. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And any great things for you planned this weekend? No, not this weekend. Okay, so it's gonna be a regular weekend, but you're gonna be on the show tomorrow with Lou, correct? Oh, of course. Yeah, so it should be a a great show. In fact, let people know about the Enhanced Sports Show. Sure. Um, are you going to be on the show tomorrow? Yeah, I should be on the show tomorrow. I don't think there should be any issue. I will be there. I love calling in. And mm-hmm. for people who don't have the number, it's 512-543-4662. And it's 512-543-4662 between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. Saturday, the Enhanced Sports Show. So you're going to be on and I'm going to be on, so it should be a a great show tomorrow. Yeah. I'm looking forward to chatting it up again with you tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to chatting with you again tomorrow, too. Yeah, it should be exciting. So it's going to be a great time tomorrow. And with you, Lou, I'm looking forward to it. And definitely so glad you called in tonight. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Really appreciate you, Dad. You have a fantastic night. Always great to hear from you. Thanks. You're welcome. You too. Have a fantastic night. You too. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. You're welcome. Take care. You too. Thank you. So that is the great Diane. Really glad to hear from her. Really awesome. It's fantastic to hear from her. And definitely make sure you guys call in to the Enhanced Sports Show tomorrow. And I will be on there between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. The number again to call in is 516-418-5572. 516-418-5572. So as I was saying about the golf incident it was kind of like when people told me about golf and me not knowing a lot about it just you, you got to learn someplace it was kind of i was getting a version of 
hey, this is kind of like the first day of work. Things are great here. This is awesome. This, that's what people want you to believe. But as you start working there 30 days, 60, 90 days, six months, you start finding out that that's what they wanted you to believe. But the truth is so far from that. You get the real deal about what's going on. Unfortunately, that has happened when I started learning about golf. As much as I love golf, and I'm actually a very good golfer, in my opinion, and people have said this too, it's just that first thing you find out is that it's supposed to be a gentleman's game. People don't act gentlemanly. That's just unfortunately what it is. I hate to admit it, but I've, as mild man as I am, I've almost came to blows twice throwing hands on the golf course. And that's, and that's pettiness of pettiness and kind of like you get courted where someone's acting petty, but then they put you in a box where you almost have to respond. And that's kind of like what happened with this gentleman. It did not surprise me that someone went off because of a golf ball. I mean, it's, I've seen people get even pettier than this on a golf shot. And this is not even playing at pro level. So just imagine you see some of the pettiness and pro level on TV. It, it gets, when you probably playing, you get to see even more pettiness. But the thing about golf, which really irritates me is that there's so much insecurity that shows up on the golf course. If you want to get great at golf, you have to practice it. Simple as that. You, you can't just practice one thing hitting a far drive. You can't just practice hitting with your long irons. You have to practice chipping, putting, hitting with your short irons, hitting with your driver, all of it. You cannot just practice one aspect of your game. Unfortunately, with golf, there's a lot of ego, and people try to practice one aspect of the game. And, they, and that's not what golf is all about. Golf is not about... How far can you hit a golf ball? Golf is about precision and accuracy and hitting the shot that you need to hit when you need it. It's kind of like going to your toolbox and grabbing the right tool at the right moment for the right job. It's not about ego where you're just going to grab a super powerful power drill or power driver when you don't need it. You might need a finesse a bolt or screw in. That's what golf is. Golf is as what I love. What John Daly said, golf is really from 150 yards in. I agree with that. That's where golf, true golf is. If you need an 80 yard shot, can you hit an 80 yard shot and be within three to six to maybe nine feet of the cup? If you need a 90 yard shot, can you hit a beautiful finesse golf shot and be within three, six, or nine feet max of the cup? And let's say you are nine feet from the cup. Can you hit and putt well enough that you can hit a nine-foot shot, you know, most of the time? That's what golf is about. And if you don't hit the ball within nine feet, you hit it, let's say, off the green, you don't get all pissy. You could, can you chip it now and chip it in or chip it within three feet of the cup so you can now tap it in? 
these are what you need to do. It's not just about hitting the ball far, but people want to make it about ego. And that's the thing. There's, there's so much pettiness that you see on the golf course. It's ridiculous. And that's the, the unfortunate thing about golf. Even me playing as short as I have, I got to the point where I don't like playing with people because what ends up happening is I find that I'm better than most people, not being cocky and conceited. And then guess what ends up happening? It becomes a tug of war with ego. And it's not it's nothing about ego. It's that I practice more and God is blessing more talent. I used to play baseball. So I kind of, you know, there is, if you played baseball, you kind of have a little bit of a swing down. It's not like you started from scratch, so to speak. It is a different swing, a golf swing than a baseball swing, but you will see a lot of similarities in it. Some of the muscle memory is the same. Some of the muscle you use are the same. So the point is, it's not about egos. But people are so petty on the golf course. What I, The reason why I want to bring this up is because they classy people. Remember, it's a game. You know, when you start acting all petty and insecure, you're making the golf look bad. It's unfortunate, but I've seen some incidents on the golf course. Not only have I been involved in some, I've seen some. And it just, it's just, I'm not surprised. It's just crazy. It really is. I could give you some stories, but I'll be here all night. It's bad. Unfortunately, the decorum of golf, they charge a lot of money to some of these fancy, quote, quote, fancy golf courses. The names may change. The cost may be different from one to the other, but the story stays the same. (laughs) Stay classy, folks. Enjoy the day out there. Play golf, enjoy it, enjoy your time, work to get better, but stay classy. So I did want to bring up some up to speed on some boxing news. And big fight coming up is a Charlo and Canelo fight. That's going to be actually next weekend. It's coming up quick. And this fight's going to be interesting. I do think. Charlo's going to do a lot better than people assume he's going to. It's not going to be a slam dunk win for Canelo. And the main reason why I do think Canelo has more skills than Charlo, but one disadvantage Charlo uh, Canelo does have is the height advantage. That will play a factor in this fight. When you're fighting someone who's shorter than you, if you're able to maintain the distance and keep them away from you, the taller guy, unfortunately, has an advantage. I feel as if Charlo's going to do that. I do think Charlo is going to be versed enough that he's not going to try to exchange with Canelo. I've, I see Charlo kind of doing like a little bit of, of Mayweather in this regard. He's going to kind of hit and run, hit, run away, hit, run away, and stay away from Canelo the whole night. I would not be surprised if Charlo wins this fight by decision, by just doing a track meet, hitting him and running away, hitting him and run away, hitting him and run away. I don't think he's going to get lured into a, a kind of like stand in the middle of the ring and kind of duke it out with, Char- with Canelo. I feel as if based on a press conference, he's shown Canelo a lot of respect. I don't feel as if when he's in the ring with him, he's going to now show him disrespect in that regard and try to go toe-to-toe with him. I just don't see it. I, I feel as if Charlo's going to win by just kind of 
hitting him and running, hitting him and running. And that's what I see. I my my feelings can change, but I for now I have Charlotte winning in a very close decision. Or it may even go to a draw, but I do feel as if that's what type of fight you're gonna see. Having having said that, at least you're gonna see a fight between Charlotte Canelo, hopefully, if nothing changes. The Crawford versus Spence rematch, I'm not so confident that this fight actually gets made. And the reason being is because, okay, Crawford had all the right intentions in mind, and he really kind of really respected Spence for giving him the opportunity, which was kind of unlikely that Spence would actually fight Crawford, but he did. I don't feel as if Crawford is extending the same kind of courtesy to Spence. And I think the real reason behind that is because Crawford wants to fight other people and wants to close up shop. And the fact that the first fight was such a wash, I feel as if now the true feelings of Crawford is like, okay, the first fight was a wash. Why do I need to kind of fight this fight? And it's kind of holding me up from fighting maybe other fights. Having said that, if the fight's at 147 or 154, I still think Crawford wins. I don't feel as if it's going to be much of a competition. Either way, I feel as if Spence is going to end up losing. This could be a blessing in disguise to Spence. It's no sense you taking another L and getting another beatdown. It's, it's nothing personal. It's not hating. I said it before, and I'll say it again. I said it before the first fight that Crawford was going to win. I didn't think it was going to be a slam dunk win the way it was. Having said that, being that it is a slam dunk win, it is very clear that you are not going to prepare for three months, even six months, and be even seven months or eight months to be on Crawford's level. Will the fight potentially be closer? Yeah, it's a possibility it could be closer. I still don't think it's going to result in a win, meaning at the end of the day, it's going to still be a loss. So I think Crawford is coming up with these demands, particularly because he has bigger fish to fry on the other side of the ring. And I think he's trying to kind of sidestep and get to those bigger fights versus fighting Spence for rematch. And we all know, unfortunately, what the result is going to be. Having said that, I do think Crawford is being a little bit unreasonable and not as this a little bit disingenuous to Spence, who did extend an opportunity. Now that the tables turned, I understand why Crawford is doing what he's doing. You know, you have to fight at 147, but I don't fully agree with it. Fighting at 147 is going to be tough for Spence to do. He had a tough time making 147 fight at you again. People said he was weight-drained at 147. You wanted to be at 154 or at least fight Canelo or Charlotte at 168. I think actually moving to 154 at this point is to your benefit, being Crawford, and it's to Spence's benefit. To both of you, you got to fight at 154. It's going to be a win anyway, I feel, in Crawford. So I don't see what the big deal is going to 154. You both said at 147 is tough to both of you. Now you want to stay at 147. I just, 
I, I, the real crux of this is Crawford wants to fight other people. That's a nice way of saying it. That's what I think is on his mind. Having said that, I do think Crawford has a better shot of fighting Canelo. And if I'm Crawford, I'm hoping Canelo does win because I do feel as if Crawford has a better shot of fighting Canelo at 168 than I think he has a fight against Charlo at 154 and 168. I'm going to tell you the way I feel. I feel as if Charlo does not want to fight Terrence Crawford at 154 or 168. I don't think the man wants to fight him. And the reason being is I think he knows he's going to probably get a loss, that being Charlo. You can't run around the ring with a guy like Crawford. He's just too skilled. He has a lot more skills. Nate Canelo, he could do a lot more. He could kind of cut off the ring. He could do, he's more versatile than Canelo. Canelo has to have you kind of plant your feet and engage. And that's where Canelo's strength is. Very different than Crawford. I don't feel as if Charlo wants any part of uh, of Terrence. At 154, 168. Having said that, I think Crawford should just agree to the 154, just get it over with, do the rematch. Hey, 154 is actually not a bad thing for you to be at because you'll be able to get to Canelo 168 easier. Plus, if you don't get the fight with Charlotte or Canelo and you're at 154, you could still fight Tim Zhu, who is going to get the WBO belt at 154. You'll have a chance to fight Tim Zhu next or as an option. And then after that fight, you might get Canelo. I don't think you'll get Charlo, but you do have a chance, potential of getting Charlo. I think you're going to have to fight Canelo at 168. I just don't, I don't have any confidence in Charlo fighting Crawford at 154 or 168. I think the man is full of talk and he's just not going to do it. You know, he, he talks a big game, but at the end of the day, he knows there's a good potential he's going to lose. So that's why he's going to talk junk and make you feel as if this excuse, that excuse, this excuse, the crux of it, he don't want to fight Terrence Crawford because he knows that's a good potential for loss. So I will keep you guys posted on other boxing news. A lot of great things coming up in the boxing arena. And I will keep you up to date on other things. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel at Alan Alford. Just type in Alan Alford. You'll see the logo there. Please subscribe and check out that great video we did. Got a lot of views, comments, and likes. That is the Michael Orr versus Tui video check that out if you haven't done so already please go ahead and like us on facebook alan alfred sports talk show definitely appreciate all your comments and likes and listeners you guys are awesome i really appreciate all of you and definitely want to thank our great sponsor chef g's florida barbecue sauce so delicious and addicting you may need a support group. Make sure you check out Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce at flbbqsauce.com. flbbqsauce.com. You can check out Chef G's also at 301 
South 22nd Street, right there in Tampa. Go ahead and pick up the four-pack there. Get you something to eat. Great place to visit. Great location. So if you missed the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce at the beginning show, you're in luck. We're going to play a Sam, Sam Scola's Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song right now. We're going to do that here. Thank you again, Sam Scola and Mary. Really appreciate both of you right there in Maine. Thousand for variety, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, a natural flavor, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs, tasty fusion on pork and sausage, a classic Chicken steak tips, a hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout treat, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida barbecue Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce Yes, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce Sam Scola song, really appreciate you And again, if you want to sign Sam Scola Please reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Get you hooked up. Get you a great artist right there at Sam Scola in Maine. Wanted to go ahead and wish Kennedy Smith, who is right there and does the – another reason why you shouldn't get rid of the Houston Roughnecks. Kennedy Smith is the game host of the Houston Roughnecks. Want to wish her a happy birthday. Today is her birthday, so happy birthday, to the Kennedy Smith. Got that interview right there on YouTube. Really appreciate Kennedy Smith. So we're going to wish her a happy birthday. Yeah, so happy birthday, Kennedy Smith. So, folks, make sure you have this phone number in the future. 516-418-5572. 516 5572. Definitely hold on to that because this show is coming to an end, but you can have it ready for next week. And speaking of call-ins, we want to thank great callers Lou calling in and Diane. Really appreciate Lou and Diane for calling in. Really appreciate you guys for listening to another great episode of the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Really appreciate all of you tremendously. It is truly, truly appreciated. Really appreciate all of you. Definitely want to thank Sam Scola for his great songs and Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce for being a fantastic sponsor. So we're going to end on the show song by Sam Scola. So again, really appreciate Sam Scola out of Maine. Really appreciate you guys. Be blessed. Be well. Take great care of yourself. Definitely 
stay classy. And until we meet again next Friday, you guys be blessed and have a great week. I'll see you again here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show next Friday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. Take care. Be blessed. Be well, everyone. Just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 